Meet Parker Bennett, real estate agent. Parker loves cam loops. Parker has a background in building inspections, so he knows houses. This is the Cam Loops Insider with Parker Bennett. You want to know how to save the world? How? We'll stop eating beef and we'll start eating termites. Whoa, how many termites do you have to eat to equal a steak? <laughs> Lots. Whoa. They're rich in iron, calcium, fatty, and amino acids and proteins, making them a highly nutritious food. I think we should start eating. I think we should start this. We could call it the termidia diet. <laughs> do you get to dip them in chocolate? Maybe. Ew. Uh, Can you still eat them? No. There's more protein in termites than there is in beef I, per pound. That's crazy. Yeah. And... Termites, because this is a positive play on termites, um, they're just good for the environment. They break down a lot of organic material, and uh, it helps. It's like a fertilizer. Oh. Did you know that? No. Did you know that just like termites, just like me, I don't sleep. I just work all day. (laughs) (laughs) They work 24-7. 24-7. That's why they die so young. Do they die young? Well, they do when we're eating them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I like about them, though? They what? have a king and a queen. Not just a queen. They have both. So they're politically correct? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Did you know that the largest termite colony ever recorded contained over 3 million termites? Could you imagine? Ew. Oh, the poor sucker who had to count those. Not that creepy. <laughs> Very creepy. <sighs> Can be creepy. The thought of it's creepy, but I don't think it's really that creepy. I think by the time you listen to this podcast, at the end of it, you're going to think that termites aren't the worst thing I could run into. There's a saying in in Southern California, when you buy a house, um, it's kind of a real estate saying, and I think it's a bit of a salesman thing to say, but it's like, does this house have termites or has it been treated for termites? It's never like... It might not have any. Yeah, you either have them and you've treated mm-hmm. for them, or you're gonna have them and you're gonna have to treat them. No so way. it's better to have one that's been there and been treated, as opposed to never having treatment. Because I don't know, that's a real estate thing. They're mm-hmm. just trying to sell houses. I get yeah. it. <laughs> kind of like, don't be scared. You'll have them eventually. Yeah, it's, it's like it's not a big really, deal. It's really common in certain areas of the of the world, right? Kamloops, mm-hmm. not so much. Uh, Kamloops never had termites forever. We were just, we're in the infant state of them being here, but they are very much in a growth uh, position and they're, they're multiplying. More subdivisions are getting termites. Hmm. Reason? Um, I don't know. I could guess. Okay. I thought maybe you're going to, like, it was an introduction for you to tell me the reason why. Okay. I, maybe global warming? Maybe. Here, here's the thing. They're, they're <clears throat> subterranean termites, so they actually live underground. They can't live in Kamloops in the winter. Like if you notice like Arizona and Southern California where they have really bad termite problems, those termites can live close to the surface all year round. Yeah. In Kamloops, we have winter, so they, the termites actually legitly stay underneath houses. They don't, they're not 15 feet in the ground out in the middle of a field because it's too cold. Right, yeah. But do they go dormant? They don't go dormant. Oh. They just probably do their most work in the winter when they're trying to get close to warm spaces. Oh. Like houses. Yeah. The heating. That makes sense. The heating of a house. That makes sense. So they're actually like pretty vulnerable little critters. Have you ever seen one? I don't think so. 
Okay. I'm going to post some videos. I'm going to put a link in the, in the podcast here so that you can see, like, I have them like crawling on my finger because I've recently tumbled into them in a, in a, in a showing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just don't say the address. <laughs> I have to do some editing because we're, we're still interested in the property, but it has termites. So, and oh. the seller doesn't know, I don't think yet. Oh. So, um, they're little white guys. They're little white critters and you never see them. You, you never see them unless you know what you're looking for and you actually pick apart their tube, which they live in. Right. In the wood. Well, not so much in the wood, but like alongside the wood. Okay. So they, they're subterranean. They're very vulnerable to UV. Like if the sun hits them, they're dying. Mm-hmm. They have no pigmentation on their skin mm-hmm. and they have no resistance against UV. So they are legitly dying the minute they hit sunlight. They have maybe like 10 seconds to live. They might squirm oh. around a little bit, but they're dying. Mm. So... They have a very unique way of living in, in houses, and that is that they stay in a very concealed environment where they have these little, what they call mud tubes. And the mud tubes usually roll up. That's the area that we can see, whether it be behind drywall or up against a, a, a sill plate or a two-by-four floor joist or something like that. And it's like a tube. It looks like a mud tube. And it doesn't look very like conspicuous. It's just like you just see this little like drip of what looks like mud. Yeah. And if you touch it and flick it open, you can tell it's a tube. There's no, it's hollow. That's the tube they live in. And the reason that they live in that tube is because the inside of that tube has the exact right humidity for their skin. Uh It's a very controlled environment. Yeah. Yeah. So when you break it, a couple of termites might die in the process of like repairing it. Yeah. But they will repair it so they can keep the humidity and the moisture levels and the temperature to the desired amount that they need to live. Hmm. which Kamloops, maybe because global warming, we're like slowly getting to the environment that's more habitable for termites. Interesting. So what do we do? Treat them. Do you remember Mayor Millibar? I think it was, I, he probably doesn't listen to this podcast, so it's all <laughs> thrown <laughs> under the bus. No, honestly, there was like... Um, probably about 10 years ago, maybe, maybe a little bit less. They, when they banned the pesticide use in Kamloops. Yeah. And a lot of communities got the, they banned the pesticides. That's it. Can't kill them anymore. We literally banned the substance that we use to treat termites. And now we no longer have that as a, as a tool in our tool belt to, to deter them. So what, what happens to them? When, when someone comes in and they say, we are treating the termites, we are getting rid of the termites in your home, what happens? What right. do they do? So they live underneath your house and kind of in your house, but their colony is underneath it, right? Yeah. So they're essentially going to drill holes in a very, like a very specific pattern on your slab, your basement slab, and they're going to pour a solution in there. And that solution used to be the pesticide, but now it's a deterrent which don't quote me for sure, but I'm sure Tina could look this up. It's actually sap from a tree in South America that they've turned into a product that deters termites. But does not kill them. Does not kill them. So that's why 15 years ago, you had a legit 10-year warranty when you terminated termite-free your house. Yeah. And now the termite warranty comes with a, a yearly fee. Because all it really oh. is is the guy coming back to evaluate and maybe have to drill the holes again and, and yeah. put more stuff in it. Yeah. So 
So I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. So when you do your house, you treat your house, do you knock on your neighbor's door saying, watch it, they're coming for yours now? <laughs> you should. Oops, sorry. Because that's really what's going to happen. Is that? But there's other factors involved, right? Like a, two houses side by side, one could be more threatened to termites. Like having ex, like your concrete foundation that's exposed on the outside of your house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having that exposed is the, the more exposure, the better, right? Because they mm-hmm. would have to uh, penetrate right. that that surface, right? Yeah. However, your slab of your house typically cracks, whether you like it or not. If you could see it, if you have carpet on there, you probably can't see it. But if you had no carpet and no flooring on your basement slab, you'd probably notice there's cracks all over the place. Yeah. They'll come through those cracks. Mm. So a byproduct of the new building code, which um, we, we, we now effectively build every house potentially to remediate radon. Yeah. That radon protection, which is puts a nice poly piece of vapor barrier underneath your house, will actually do a tremendous deterrent for getting termites in yeah. through your basement slab. Mm-hmm. Huh. Huh. I, That's my, a, just a side product. Yeah, yeah. My house is, bonus. is a basement entry and it's bricks all the way to the second floor. So right. I'm not going to worry. But your house has bricks, but those aren't, there's still structure underneath it. Under, yeah, there's drywall. Like but they're just, yeah, it's like a veneer brick. It's like siding. I don't know. I'm going to I know. I answer that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but so if that's just a deterrent and it's not actually getting rid of them, why wouldn't they do something like figure out some way to use UV light to kill them? Like yeah. x-ray UV light or something. Hey, new go. invention. Right. Ding, ding, ding. Right? Like Maybe. You shouldn't say it here. You oh, should patent it I first. just patented it. Nobody can use it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly don't know how that would be effective because you're trying to chase... The majority of the termites are actually underground. Yeah. The ones that you see climbing up in your house, like when you break apart the little tubes, Yeah. it's, it's a very small section of the population. Mm. And they could be in your house and not your neighbor's house and in the neighbor's house. And that could be the same colony coming from the same, you know, underground colony, but yeah. they're coming up different little tubes working right. on wood. It's a little scary. Here's the thing. The termites that we have in cantaloupes, they're not as aggressive as your South American, uh, Southern United States type of termites. I know there's a lot of different kinds of termites. Mm-hmm. Help us out here, Tina. How many termites are there? Um, I believe there was over 2,000. 2,000 termites? 2,000 different species of termites. Someone could call me on this, but I'm going to say that the ones that count are like just a single species and they're not as aggressive Mm -hmm. and their jaws are actually lighter. Like they don't do as much damage. It takes them a lot longer. Mm -hmm. And from my experience of doing home inspections and doing some termite stuff, only a small piece of the termite infected houses ever had any structural problems. Oh yeah? Like a lot of them are caught early in the infancy, infancy of like them coming in contaminated before, so before they do the damage. Um, I heard that carpenter ants are a lot worse than termites and nobody really pays attention to that. It's That's just easier to get rid of the carpenter ants. Carpen- I don't know a whole lot about carpenter ants, but I know that we have two different species of carpenter ants. We have like um, a rural carpenter ant, which has a very, very, very soft jaw. And they'll, they're only eating rotten wood. Okay. That's the most 
common carpenter ant that you'll have like running around cantaloupes. I know that there is like a hybrid carpenter ant that lives in like big districts like Vancouver and stuff like that that have sort of mutated into like a stronger jaw will actually start to affect wood that's not rotten. But the guys we have in cantaloupes, 90% of the damage they're doing, it's on wood that's already been damaged. Okay. Oh. So oh. the most not or the most common non-chemical solution to install is a barrier around the home. It's typically done when the home is being built, but a new barrier can be installed um, in a similar fashion to a new waterproof membrane along the foundation. Um, they also struggle to move through sandy soil, so installing sand around your house will kind of slow them oh. down. Hmm. There we go. Um, there's also certain fungi that have been known to be effective. Um, those fun, fun guys. guys. <laughs> They're awesome. <laughs> so liquid <laughs> pesticides. <laughs> Sorry. Liquid pesticides that are specifically formulated or formulated for termites and applied to the soil. Um, Which are not our we don't have the option for those. Then building materials that are already infused with pesticide or oh, wood treatments wow. that are applied that as needed. That sounds like something that probably wouldn't be allowed uh, to come to Canada. Yeah. Either. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. But if you lived in like South America in a, in a terrain that the whole entire subsurface is going to be termite infested, you might have to go out on a limb and do some different building materials to make sure that you're not going to get. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen all kinds yeah. of photos and videos of termites in crawl spaces where they literally come out of the ground and they build a mud tube like, like a tower to get to the house. That's crazy. Right? Because the, the house gross. is three and four feet off the ground. Yeah. It's crawl space. Yeah. And they tower. None of that stuff happens at Calumps. I've never seen any of it. Hmm. But we do have prone areas in Calumps that are high risk. Mm-hmm. And areas that I don't think have ever had termites. What so, are those areas? Uh, upper Juniper. Nothing. Hmm. Not that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, when you head to Chase, nothing out that way. And when you get past Hefley, nothing out there. Interesting, hey? Um, and it's interesting that you say that sand might be a deterrent because I've never heard of any in Rayleigh. And that, that's a pretty much a yeah. sand-based area. But uh, River Shore Golf Course is fairly sandy, and I have definitely found termites out there hmm. That in that subdivision out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know if that's... Maybe there's sections of land out there and not sand, but... Mm-hmm. Um, lower Sahali is high risk. Um, when you head out towards... Like West Side Road. This is, a, this is my go-to. You, when you head out West Side Road and there's all those um, side streets. Yeah. Right? There's like a, everything's running off West Side Road parallel to it. Yeah. Or uh, on a perpendicular to it. Yeah. All the houses, when you start to get in, when the streets start to get into the, the foothills, all the houses on the hillside, because they're getting full south-facing exposure. Oh. And a lot of those houses are built into the hill. Into the hill, yeah. Which is where high risk is. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And I once read somewhere where highly irrigated lawns were a deterrent, but then it turned out it wasn't, that it was people that had highly irrigated lawns also used a lot of pesticides on their weeds. Hmm. And that pesticide was a deterrent. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, yeah, that was Mm. kind of interesting too. Mm -hmm. But at any time you got like a fence or a shed or an old tree that is you know, stumped and you've left the stump in your yard, you're going to be attracting termites to that stump, which is usually where I find them. You roll up to a house that's got a high risk of termites and you see a stump in the backyard and you go Mm -hmm. out there and you kick it. 
and you open it up and you're like, there it is. Now you know they're here. There's a good chance they're somewhere cruising around the house. I have a stump in my front yard. I will be going home and finding out how to get rid of that baby. Now that you say that, I've seen termites before. Right. Little white ones? No, the ones with the wings, the big ones. Okay, so let's talk about that. Okay. Because carpenter ants also infect stumps. Because once the stump starts to rot the wood, you get a lot of carpenter ants, and you'll get, like, carpenter ants are very similar to termites in that they, they, certain part of their colony grows wings, and they'll fly away and go infect some more property somewhere else and try and have babies and start their own colony. Okay, maybe that's all I've seen. Right? But you might have seen them. (laughs) Because termites do the same thing. They, part of their colony, uh, at least once a year, but maybe twice a year, and I know that April is the first part of the year that they do this, part of their colony will grow black, their body goes black, and they now have pigmentation so they can defend against UV, and they grow a set of wings, and they come out, they expose themselves, and they'll go fly to try and infect a new area. Like, they'll take a partner with them, and they'll go fly and they'll try to find a new place to uh, actually grow the colony. So they actually go to another spot and they'll actually try to work their way back. And this is where most of the termites get found because they have a very short life cycle when they fly. And those wings are very distinct. And those wings will fall off the little guy. And um, lots of times you'll see those wings. And the, the areas that I have found them, a lot of times if you have houses with screens... They'll be on the screens of the window. Yes. No way. Or uh, the mechanical room is like the number one spot to find termites because it's, it's got heat, high humidity, and around the hot water tank, around the bottom, a lot of times you'll see a whole litter of wings, just wings. And you can put your private detective hat on, you can start looking for them because they're there somewhere. No way. Yeah. But really, I mean, you need to get a professional to come in and look at it. Oh, totally. Yes. If, right? Even if you find them, you want to know the extent of them. Right. And I still think, in the macro sense, having termites in cantaloupes, it's like having a rash. <laughs> you can treat it, <laughs> and it goes away. But the treatment yeah. is not that cheap, and it's pretty invasive, isn't it? It can be, yeah, because if you have, you're going to lose your flooring in your basement. Yeah. So whatever that flooring is, and I think a lot of people will. So there's a couple of people in town that treat for termites. And I'm going to give a special shout out to uh, Broad Spectrum Pest Control because I feel like they're the only guys that do it really well. And I'm not trying to put down anyone else that I don't know. I've just had experiences with other companies that haven't been favorable. And I'll give you an example. See the tile floor that we have in the main living downstairs? We're not wrecking that. So you can drill holes everywhere you want, but not in there. Right? So they end up doing a half treatment job. As opposed to like literally <clears throat> drilling holes, they're like little one and a half inch holes or one inch holes yeah. throughout the entire slab. Now here's a giveaway. You're in a house, it's got a basement slab, and you see like distinct concrete patches every couple feet of circular portions. Oh, that's treated. treated. Yeah. 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 Hmm. I've seen that before. And then is it disclosed? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Is termite something that you have to disclose here? Yeah. It's on the PDS? It's on the property disclosure statement, yeah. Okay. And I, it says something like, do you remember what it says? Something Are you aware like, of any damage caused by infestation of insects, uh, insects or, or termites? Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, it says infestation. That's right. Infestation. It doesn't really yep. say destruction. Yeah. Yeah. People really get excited about termites. Mm-hmm. Like lots of people that have come into contact with a home that they're doing their due diligence on that have found termites literally walk away just from the the idea of it. Yeah. Not the destruction, not the treatment, nothing. I think I might walk away. I wouldn't. I get it done. If I love that house, yeah. treat it. Treat it. If you go to Southern California, they just all have had termites. Yeah. <laughs> like so, yeah. most of them, mm-hmm. right? Like San Diego, Pacific Beach, real bad spot. I got a buddy who's a home inspector out there. And termites is just like finding a window that doesn't latch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, you got termites. Yeah. And then it gets treated in the transaction. It just becomes part of the due diligence. And there's actually companies out there in, in south, southern states that do the treatment for termites as part of the process of transacting the house. So what's the, what's the cost? I, I'm not asking in southern California, but... Here. Here, what's the cost? Of course, it all depends on what kind of floor you have and you have to replace it afterwards, but the treatment excel, itself without having to replace your floor. I would say somewhere in the area of like two days worth of labor. Okay. So maybe three to four grand minus any flooring destruction you're going to have. So if you got tile flooring, they're just going to drill the holes and do their thing. Mm-hmm. But then you got to go back in and it. deal with the tile. Yeah. Okay. So plus. Plus the flooring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said minus. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So is termite treatment covered by insurance out here? No, I don't think so. Like I had a flood, my a fire. Yeah. And... Flood, fire, insects. That's a good question. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a great question, Tina. No, you know what? Thank you. Now I'm going to go get insurance for my house, and I'm going to include termite treatment. Right. Yeah. Well, let's find out if you can. But let's let's look at the, like, does five grand, is that worth paying an extra 300 bucks a year for? Is it $300? Year, dollars? I don't know. I don't know, because what are the chances? And uh, so five grand, say it costs you five grand you got to see what your deductible is, right? right deductible. Uh, because maybe they cover the treatment. And, and also, you got to see what the insurance company is going to say. Okay, we're going to cover the treatment. Uh, you got to do your floors or, right. you know, insurance companies. But the treatment are. just isn't that big of a deal. I just yeah. don't think. Like, yeah. A Hilti gun, any, any handy guy can follow a YouTube video mm-hmm. to drill. But here's the problem, okay? Here's one that I've, I've ran into that was a disastrous issue. In floor heating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you can't yeah. drill yeah. without getting an infrared scan and making sure that you're missing all the pipes that are in, mm-hmm. the, in the slab. Yeah. I've, I've seen, well, I've heard a story about a guy in Calums that drilled through one of the water lines. Yowzers, oh, the guy expensive in a hurry. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Plus destruction, so. Yeah. Um, I kind of, my goal for this podcast was actually to feel like not that bad about termites when you finish listening to it. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? If you're going in and buying um, a property that ha- that does have termite um, infestation and you need to get it treated, you absolutely love the house. So let's say it's three grand for the treatment and there's not a lot to do in the basement. You don't have to replace the floors, whatever it is. Like, is that three grand worth walking away from a house that you really love? Right. I've seen people walk <laughs> away for a roof. Yeah. That might only be six grand. Yeah. So we're pretty close. Yeah. I just think people have this weird feeling because it's, it's still new to us. It's not like a very normal thing to, I mean, 
You can have wasps. No one gets afraid about that. Mm-hmm. They actually bite and eat you. Yeah, I know. Well, termites it's just, just eat wood. Just eat, I know, right? The like idea not about termites, you. it's more about what people imagine and see in movies. I have termites. My, they're going to eat my house and it's going to fall down. It's going to collapse. End of story. <laughs> right. That is what people are scared of. Wasn't there a cartoon that was a little termite? <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't grow yes, up here, so the cartoons here, I didn't watch them. Oh. Sorry. I'm pretty sure there was a term. I can't remember what it is. Yeah. Whatever. Hmm. Okay. Worst case scenario. I've seen one house that had termites so bad that they came up from the basement, up through the wall, into the attic system, and they actually were chewing and working their way through a roof truss. Whoa. So bad that, that the roof had to be removed. And trusses had to be repaired in order. Well, that, the problem was is the roof was leaking. So there was a stream of water coming down uh. the wall. And they were working that area because it had the right moisture and the wood content was like chewable. And Wow. So, so that, but that's like a one-off, right? Like that's... That's a one-off. Yeah. Yeah. But what's interesting that I've noticed is that no one pays much attention to the structural problems. Like you have a termite guy comes in. Doesn't, he doesn't evaluate for broken trusses and broken studs. He's literally there to say, you have termites, and this is how you get rid of them. Right. You would now need to bring in a third person into the troubleshooting process to figure out whether or not further evaluation of removing drywall to see if studs are damaged. You know, you don't know, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, the other day I, I went into a house that in the outside they were covering an old existing window they wanted to cover that window and they had a piece of plywood under the ground half buried under the ground and one of the comments of the home inspector is this is the perfect access for termites right Uh, because they'll crawl into that piece of plywood that is covered and then just get into your house without even going through the light yeah totally anytime you have a transition that you're giving them Mm -hmm. yeah that gets them from the ground into dark surfaces of wood in your house yeah. That's a problem. Also mulch, having mulch in your yard. Mulch is worse in other areas because the mulch that we get is from cedar and oh. they don't eat cedar. Oh. They don't eat cedar and they don't eat fir. They only oh. eat spruce and pine and they love they love paper. So like the, the softer stuff. The backing of your drywall, that paper that back. That paper back, yeah. That is a high hmm. consumption mm. process. And it's funny because if you enter a house and they've been up the backside of your drywall, if you turn the lights off and hit it with the right light, you can actually see that the drywall is not supported in certain sections, and it goes up like a little vine. No way. And you touch it, and it feels squishy because it doesn't have that support behind yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And they've eaten all that. Wow. Never want to be in that situation. Here's what we should do. We should invent a termite trap, which is something that you can like, kind of like an ant trap, that you can put in your house and it will not only will it uh, only attract termites to that spot to kill them, but it'll give you an early warning device when there's one there. Oh, that's a good idea. Right? Okay, listen, we have two inventions on this podcast that we've decided on, so um, we need to work on those. The UV termite <laughs> X-ray <torturer>. killer. <laughs> I imagine like the Superman eyes scanning and then killing, right? Right. <laughs> well, there's things for water these days, so why not for termites? Right. And you, it'll eventually show up in the market. 
I think so. Maybe by us. So here's, a, here's something you can do just like to reduce mm-hmm. your odds. Let's give, let's give the listeners some value. You're buying a house in Kamloops, okay? You may want to consider that houses that are buried into the hill that have left themselves with a south-facing exposure are going to be a little bit more high risk. Okay, which is Sahali, by the way. Just, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. like Sahali is completely a southwestern exposure. Yeah. So it gets all that afternoon heat. The ground needs to be warm. And there's actually a, quite a few termites that daggle through that neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, having like a lack of wood buried in your ground. Now, pressure-treated wood actually is is a good way to deter them too. They won't eat pressure-treated wood. Mm-hmm. But I've heard that the the chemical in pressure-treated wood is pretty much surface-mounted. Oh. Like the yeah. inside of the wood still may have regular wood in it. Yeah. So they could come up the middle, but I've never seen that. Yeah. So I don't know if that's yeah. a, a problem. Keep the dirt away from your six inches below your foundation. Below your side, like siding. Yeah. 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 That on your foundation below the siding. Yeah. 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 And like certain woods, like if you have wood siding, it's usually cedar. Yeah. <coughs> they don't eat cedar. Yeah. But if the cedar is touching the ground, they come up underneath the cedar and then they eat the, the OSB or plywood that's inside, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, inside the wall structure. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing I was thinking of? Oh, vinyl siding. Vinyl is probably the worst. For some reason, when vinyl is touching the ground, it's like it creates a perfect environment for them because mm-hmm. of how it heats up. And they don't, of course, they don't eat the vinyl, but they go underneath that building paper and they get into the softwoods that are spruce and pine crushed you know, OSB or right or whatever their yeah. press board they're using for, for building sheathing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. If you're, if you have the ability to walk around in someone's mechanical room, that's usually where you find them. Like you'll usually see evidence of them there. I heard they're in the, like in the drain, they would be beside the drain. That's where you would see, why would you find them beside, you know? Well, I think because it drains a hole in the slab. It's okay. like a crack, right? Yeah. So there's a, you have a pipe coming through, and then the concrete's touching it. Well, that's actually a, basically a gap there. Yeah. That they can come out. That's what I Pathway think. for them. Pathway. Yeah. Yeah. Should we now introduce the podcast? Oh, let's introduce everybody here. <laughs> yes. We did it backwards. That's okay. Okay. Tina. Hi. I'm Tina. I recently moved to Kamloops about a year ago. I uh, come from a small mountain town in Alberta, and it's really cold there, so we don't usually have termite issues. Where is the town? It is about 6,000 feet above sea level, and we're nestled right in between five mountain peaks. It's a beautiful town. If you've never been there, go check it out. Where? Called? In Alberta. Grand Cash. Grand Cash. No, Sorry. We were yeah. <laughs> Coal Miners Town. Coal Miners Town. <laughs> All right, let's say we're like shuffling cards, we're playing cards here. We're just we're going clockwise. Oh, so it's me. Hi, I'm Philippa. I work here at Royal LePage Westwind. I don't really have anything exciting to say. I'm a little... Well, what I'm staring at is the video screen of... Or the computer screen of all the different termites. Right. So this whole podcast, I have been able to see all those little critters. They do look gross. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm going to... You don't have the view, though. Your back is to that. Like, they are staring at me. I strategically did that. Oh, thanks. Appreciate that. I strategically that. did that. Yeah, so okay. I wasn't be freaked out. <laughs> I can keep a cool sense about myself. <laughs> 
Um, I'm Alejandra Carroll, and I also work here. And I'm staring at some stats. So once. Uh, Why don't you tell us the stats? Okay, so the stats I have uh, are. Are these termite stats? <laughs> Maybe well, termite related? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll get those for next one. Um, I have June 2019 compared to June 2018. Uh, very interesting fact. Median residential price is, um, in 2019, we are at 496000 uh, 2018, 462500 So we are over $30,000, 30, yeah, in, in a year. From our last year. Yeah, yep. from the cool. same time last year. Number of new listings uh, this last June, it was 469. And June 2018, it's 460. So pretty much the same. Kind right. of, yeah. Hmm. What's the predictions for the rest of the summer? I've noticed that things are staying on the market a little longer. Yep. Um, I have seen some prices go down, but but it's kind of nice when you're working with a buyer and you can book a few showings in a row instead of kind of looking at one place at a time and hurry up to make an offer. Yeah. Uh, so it's a little bit more relaxing for buyers right now. Hmm. Well, looking at the um, just the last like May stats of this year to June stats of this year, everything is down. Like the number of new listings is down, um, the number of sales is down. Uh, the average day on the market is actually down. Um, the, that's, a, that's a fluke, though. Did yeah, you find data yeah, to mm-hmm. show that that's yeah, a Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The median residential price is, is down um, by $1,000, but the number of listings is actually up. Right, okay. So, yeah. So the, the market's changing. It is changing. Yeah. Yeah. And we got, do we have an election coming up this year? I think we do. (laughs) (laughs) Those were crickets. They weren't termites. (laughs) I wonder what's going to happen, like, come fall, and we see what's going to change. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, lots of changes on uh, mortgage. Back a few, I shouldn't say a few years ago, when I bought a house, getting a mortgage was a lot easier than it is now for a first-time home buyer. So stress test and everything, right? Lots of people kind of having a harder time. It doesn't sound like they're going to change the stress test anytime soon. So I think we're stuck with that. Yeah. Which in the macro, we'll probably be happy about. When you look back 50 years later, you'll be like, hey, we missed four economic crunches that maybe other countries didn't miss because we made qualifying for a mortgage a little tougher, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Sucks, though, if you're a realtor and that's your business. You yeah. want to pump out some real estate? Let's just give people houses. <laughs> Handshake deals. Yeah. So it's very important when you get a buyer to pre-qualify them. Totally, 100%. Here's something I've very seen. Very important. Here's something I've seen recently, and I know a very wise realtor who taught me this trick. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who that is. Um, thanks, Ellie. Thanks, Ellie. Um, <laughs> you getting, shouldn't put. I don't know what you're going to say, but if it's a trick, don't put it on a podcast. <laughs> Go ahead. No, it's not a trick. Okay. It's not a trick because you might want to see this when on your listing when okay. people are bringing you offers. Get get your get your clients pre-approved. Get it in writing. Hold that piece of paper. Show yeah. it. Show it to any potential buyers. And the market's changing now. I don't think show it's it to be, potential sellers. Sellers. Yeah. Yeah. Caught me on that one. <laughs> What's yeah. the difference between a buyer and a seller? 
Yes. Well, I just thought you'd emotion, right? Yeah. Well, the uh, buyer yeah. is buying a property with imagination. Okay. A seller is selling a property with a whole bunch of memories and expectations. And mm-hmm. expectations, mm-hmm. and their house is worth so much more because of all those memories and all that stuff they was that goes built into it. A buyer instead, well, a seller also has a lot of bills to pay that sometimes have nothing to do with the house, right. but needs all that money because needs to pay this, pay that, and buy something that they want. And it's not something that the buyers are considering. You know what's funny is even though I know that, when I sell my house, I drop into the seller mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just natural, yeah. right? It's human yeah. nature. Yeah, yeah. So, it's yeah. unconscious. It's not like a bad thing. It's just no. something you have to overcome. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. It's a process. Cool. Welcome to the uh, podcast, Tina. Appreciate you uh, coming in from the coal miner country. (laughs) (laughs) Excited about being here. (laughs) So um, until next time, we'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.